Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Continuing on into hour number two of the program. My name's Matt Pauley. You just heard uh, Sean Michael Lyle doing uh, news. Now, Sean, for uh, especially maybe for folks listening to the podcast version of this show, they did not hear your newscast. Can you... Um, can, can you go through the basic details again of what was found uh, there at the Forest Park uh, golf uh, golf course? Yeah, it was on August 29th, and I'm not sure exactly where on the golf course they found it, but they found a beautiful black cremation urn. Uh, you know that there are cremation urns made just for golfers. This is not one of those. It's black, and it has a, a very ornate a kind of a, a fancy, lacy kind of uh, gold uh, decoration on it, and the uh, it was turned over to the police, and they took it to uh, St. Louis Cremation because, of course, that's where those things come from, and uh, they were unable to identify any of their customers who uh, may have had that, uh, so then they gave it back to the police property division. It's been there since, and they're just not having any luck finding the family. There doesn't seem to be any markings on it, but uh, yeah, it was it was a, an urn, an occupied uh, cremation urn found on the golf course. I am not one to tell anybody out there how they should handle the uh, the passing of a loved one. But, Sean, we hear it all the time where somebody's ashes are sprinkled yes. somewhere that is important to them. So if golf was very important to somebody, if they always played at that golf course, it would pro- it's probably happened before. It'll happen many times where a family goes out there and sprinkles the ashes there. But leaving the urn, I don't think I've ever heard that one. Well, they, the odd thing was is that they didn't sprinkle the ashes. The urn was full. It's still full. They, they didn't open it. It, it, you would think that maybe somebody had been tasked to take it to the golf, you know, like if it were me, just put it all in the sand trap because that's where I spent half my life. <laughs> uh, so, you know, something like that. But uh, that doesn't seem to be the case. If somebody was tasked with doing that, they obviously didn't do what they were being asked to do. Where if, if One place that's connected to sports somehow, some way, some fashion, if we were to sprinkle your ashes somewhere, where would it be? You know, actually, me, I, I tell you what, I've got a story about that. Uh, you know, the uh, Comiskey Park, yes. uh, th- th- you heard about that, that they actually moved the infield from the old Comiskey Park to the new Comiskey Park because of all the ashes that were in the infield. So there were a lot of uh, fans who uh, who were spread in Comiskey Park. So I don't know. Maybe if I, maybe if I were if I were as a Giants fan because I grew up as a Giants fan, maybe Dodger Stadium is where I'd want to be. And so when there's a ground ball at Dodger Stadium and the Giants hit it, I can make a, a bad hop and get a Giant on base. I like that. So when it's a, a bad hop from the uh... From the next realm of life. Yep, yeah, I'll do it. That's good. All right, thanks, Sean. Appreciate sure. the uh, the information there. I don't know where I was from a sport like <sighs> Matt Pajeski. Do you have a good answer on this one? Where where you would want your ashes buried? 
Are you just going to go Bush Stadium? Is that- I was thinking Bush Stadium where I could say, you know, somewhere somewhere inside of patios, you know. Inside patios. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously a lot of Cardinals fans are going to go with that. Um, hmm. If anybody has some good ones here, feel free to text in 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, the best uh, sports-related places to sprinkle ashes. That's just, that's a weird story to me, though. I mean, it's, in a way, it's just kind of weird sprinkling ashes anywhere. But I get, like, I understand that it means something to to somebody. But just to leave and earn, I wonder who found. Like, what would you do? You're you're out playing golf. I don't know. Are you a golfer, Matt no. Pajeski? Okay, let's let's go to an alternate universe, and you are a golfer, and you get to the tee box, and there's a there's some sort of ornate, uh, you know, jar sitting there, and you go, what's that? And you go pick it up. And you open it, all of a sudden you realize just what this thing is. Like, that's that's, that's not something that probably anybody wants to experience. I've been watching too many scary movies this time of year where I'm going to leave that thing alone. If I mess with that, I'm, I'm cursing myself. I'm going to get haunted by whoever's filling up that urn. I'm going to leave it alone. I'll tell you, so I'm watching on Netflix right now. You always make fun of me, by the way, because I watch network TV shows. Yep. But I do watch streaming shows as well. So... Uh, I was doing some work in my office, and I'm watching uh, the Watcher, the Watchers, I've the, heard of the that. Watcher on Netflix, and it's it's pretty creepy. And I I'm at a point in my evening where it's like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, and I know I'm about twenty minutes from going to bed, and I didn't want that being like the last thing in my head before going to bed. So when I kind of recognized with myself that, okay, you're, you're going to bed here pretty soon. I turned it off. I, I threw some Seinfeld on just That's to good. try to uh, change what, uh, what I was going to be thinking. I about. thought you were going to say, I turned on some young Sheldon before going to bed. And I was going to say, that's not any better. I don't think it is better. It's uh, the new series. The new season is back. Yeah. So I, I like network TV. Uh, I don't watch it on network TV. I watch NBC shows on Peacock. I watch CBS shows on Paramount Plus. I watch ABC and Fox shows on Hulu. Uh, we have subscriptions to all those services because it's stupid that I got so used to watching things without commercials that now I feel like I have to pay to watch this free TV in addition to my cable subscription. Trust me, I'm spending way too much money on uh, on TV stuff. But yes, I do watch a lot of network shows, and sometimes I do feel like like a really old white dude because like I watch Blue Bloods, which is uh you know the like the the stereotypical old guy show, you're and, an old, and I like it. You're not an old white dude. You're a middle aged white dude. I am. I'm forty, so yeah. I don't like to think of myself as forty though. I like to think of myself as being younger than that. Late thirties. Yeah, <laughs> I like to think of myself as being thirty nine. But no, I those uh, yeah, I'm all in on the on the network TV shows. And there's a reason more people watch network TV shows than any of the other stuff. Like the the streaming shows get all the attention. And I there's a lot of stream. I love Stranger Things. Uh, the the Glover show recently has been talking about uh, Only Murders in the Building. That's a Hulu special. Uh, that's really good. I just watched, I think it was called The Old Man with Jeff Bridges. I'm not sure if that was Hulu or if that was just an FX show that I watched on Hulu. Either way, that was pretty good, too. Uh, but, yeah, when I sit in my office and do work, I watch things. But The Watcher is very, very creepy. I can't decide if it's good or not. I'm going to, you know, sometimes there's, like, bad good. Like, we all love... Like the good, bad movie, you get done with it. And it's like, that was a bad movie, but I loved every bit of it. And you just watch it over and over and over. 
Uh, I'm not sure if it's a good, bad uh, thing. So, oh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting recommendations on the text line for three one four says need to watch uh, the series The Reacher on Amazon. It's very good. Never heard of it. I don't know what The Reacher is. We'll have to uh, we'll have to do that. We'll throw some uh, we'll throw some TV talk in here every once in a while here on uh, Sports Open. You know what? I do know what this is. I saw a um, I saw a trailer for it and it looked good. And I showed the trailer to my wife. And so this is Matt. I'll, I'll, let me share with you. Just some secrets to life. Today is my anniversary, by the way. So as someone who I've now been married for nine years, as someone who has made it through nine years of marriage, uh, I can tell you I don't know much, but I do know a little. And one of the things is my wife and I, we have series that we watch together. So if there's a new series that comes out before I watch it, I check with my wife to see whether or not she wants to watch it. And then uh, that if she doesn't want to watch it at that point, I know, well, we can uh, I can watch this one on my own and I don't need to uh, don't need to worry about her. But if she doesn't want to watch it or she does want to watch it, then it gets put on the uh, the Pauly family watch list. And for the uh, couple hours that I have when I get home at night, we put that uh, on there when we're generally watching network TV. All right. There you go. We were planning on talking about NFL football this uh, segment. We may uh, table that to a little bit later here uh, on the program. Uh, yeah, so uh, did the did Philly score? Yeah, so it's 8-5 now. Uh, bottom of the eighth inning, Padres, Phillies. The Phillies just scored a run. It is now 8-5. The Padres continuing to lead. So that ends the run of eight unanswered runs for the Padres after the Phillies had that 4 nothing lead. When we come back, we are going to uh, talk with uh, former St. Louis Blue Reed Lowe. Tonight, the Blues are back in action, finally, finally playing their second game of the season. There's a bunch of teams out there that have played three games already this year. For whatever reason, the Blues just have a very slow start to the schedule. They'll finally play their second game tonight. We'll talk St. Louis Blues hockey with Reed Lowe. He joins us next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. It has taken a while for the Blues to finally get to their second game of the season, but they have arrived tonight. They open up a three-game road trip. Some late-night hockey this evening. They will match up against Seattle. Coming up uh, in a little bit, we'll hear uh, some of the comments that head coach uh, Craig Berube made earlier uh, in the day. But right now, we're very happy to uh, be joined by a former St. Louis Blue. Oh, check that. We do not have him quite yet. We are going to uh, take a moment, and we will hear from him in the next moment or so. So Reed Lowe is scheduled to join us here in uh, just a moment. Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I, the first thing I'm going to ask him is actually about uh, Colton Pareko getting to his uh, 500th career game with the Blues because for Lowe, he played in exactly half that number uh, in St. Louis. Over his uh, four years with the Blues, he appeared in uh, 250 games uh, with the club before he got uh, a cup of coffee uh, in Chicago before his uh, career came to an end. So uh, Reed Lowe is going to join us coming up in uh, just a moment or so, I believe. Yeah, we are, uh, we've are. we got him coming up in a moment. Weird baseball thought real quick, but I just saw this. Uh they on the national team. We've got the the Padres Phillies game on in the studio right now, and Tony Gwynn Jr. is the radio analyst for the San Diego Padres, and the TV uh, broadcast just showed a shot of him doing doing the radio bod- broadcast for the Padres. I guess I haven't seen Tony Gwynn Jr. in in a few years, and I mean he's always had. He's always looked somewhat similar to his dad, but oh my goodness, I just looked up and my first thought was, that's Tony Gwynn. Obviously it's not. Tony Gwynn passed away a good number of years ago, but the how much he looks like his dad was was crazy. I've not seen him uh in a couple of years. That was the thing that just really struck me when they when they showed him like the similarities uh between father and son and how Gwyn looks right now, Tony Gwynn Jr. uh to his father. That certainly uh, that certainly was something. So the Blues are in action tonight. They match up against Seattle on the road. The Blues are finally playing their second game. Uh Craig Berube was actually asked about this earlier today wondering, uh, somebody was wondering if he got any answer on why the Blues are playing so few games to start the season. And Ruby's answer was that he didn't know and he wouldn't even know who to ask on why. It's a weird, it's just a weird thing. It's a scheduling quirk to be sure. Uh, they, after most teams started their seasons either Tuesday or Wednesday of last week, they finally played their first game on Saturday. And now most teams in the NHL have played 
uh, two or three games. Most teams play about three games, and they're finally playing uh, their second game tonight. It really, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's some reason. There's some reason. Is there any? There is. Um, there is no other team in the NFL or NHL. Excuse me. No other team in the NHL that has played only one game. Only. Are there even any teams that have played just two games? I'm looking really quickly. The Winnipeg Jets have played two games, and that's it. And there's a handful of teams that have already played five games. The Sharks have played five games. The Kings have played five games. Those are the two teams uh, that have played five games. So for whatever reason, the Blues just have this slow start to the schedule. There's always a weird reason. There's always something quirky, something that you don't think has any connection to anything on why this happens in the scheduling. Uh, back in the day, I, w- I was a broadcaster in the Pacific Coast League. It was AAA baseball. I was the, uh, I was the I was a broadcaster for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, a team that doesn't even uh, exist anymore. They were the top affiliate of the Rockies and the top affiliate uh, of the Brewers before I, I left there. And in the Pacific Coast League, you had uh, the team that was based in Omaha. They're now the Omaha Storm Chasers. Before they were the Omaha Storm Chasers, they were the Omaha Royals. And before they played, they're now in a stadium that's kind of just outside of Omaha. But for a while, they played in Rosenblatt Stadium. And Rosenblatt is where they hold the College World Series here. I am getting to a point, by the way. Uh, You would have these scheduling quirks for whatever reason in the Pacific Coast League. And it could be something happening in, you know, in Round Rock, Texas in August. And it would always be connected to the fact that the team in Omaha had to not play a single home game for a couple weeks because the College World Series was being played in Rosenblatt. So the point I'm trying to make here is there's something, there's something probably weird like that where you would never think that this is the reason that this is happening, but, but it is. So, so yeah. Uh, here's what we're going to do because we are still awaiting uh, Reed Lowe and we still want to uh, play the uh, comments from uh, Craig Berube. We will break early here. We hope to have Reed Lowe on the other side of this break. If we don't have him, what we'll do is we'll uh, get to those comments from uh, Coach Berube from uh, earlier today as we want to get those two things in before uh, we do wrap things up at 8 o'clock. If you want to join us, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. It's Sports Open Line. More coming up in just a moment here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. We do continue on here on a Wednesday evening. We're still hoping to talk to uh, Reed Lowe. So we'll see if the uh, former Blue is going to uh, be able to join us here on the program. Blues and Seattle coming up this evening. Uh, That means the Blues get to uh, match up against a former Blue and Jaden Schwartz. More on that coming up in uh, just a moment or so. The big news today, though, is uh, during morning skate, uh, forward Pavel Buchnevich left the ice early um, and is reportedly going to be a game-time decision tonight. He took a maintenance day in practice yesterday, and that seemed odd. Like You hear about maintenance days, at the end of the season, you hear about maintenance days after playing back-to-backs. You hear about maintenance days after playing three out of four or four out of six. You don't hear about maintenance days on October 18th when you've played in one game. 
Head coach Craig Berube kind of downplayed it yesterday as just being sort of nothing, sort of poo-pooed the question about it when he was asked about it. Uh, but then uh, Butchnevich was on the ice today and ended up uh, leaving a little bit early. And obviously that was uh, a top question as Craig Berube did address the media after morning skate. Tough to say right now, so uh, we'll see at game time. Just see how he looks out there, yeah. and if if not, it looks like Levo is. Uh, uh, it could be Levo, yeah. We'll see. Uh, you know, I can go with seven D too, but um, right now, you know, we'll just when boot, we get uh, game time, we'll see where he's at, how he's doing physically. How concerning is it early in the season with Booch? Well, I don't know. I'm not that concerned right now. I don't think it's overly um, concerning. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not a doctor. I don't know for sure, but I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, they're saying lower body injury. It seems a little bit odd. It's a little bit alarming when you give a guy a day off of practice and then he's not able to make it uh, through a morning skate. Uh, at the same time, it's October 19th, and you'd rather be more careful than anything else at uh, at this point and that seems to be what they're doing. If anything happens uh, between now and the end of the program at 8 o'clock in terms of uh, his availability and whether or not he is going to be uh, playing tonight, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Blues in Seattle, they are going to get underway tonight at 9 o'clock. It's national TV game on uh, TNT this evening. So a uh, late start tonight for uh, those two teams. It's also... Um, it, it, a cool milestone is being hit today in uh, Colton Pareko, who has played in 499 career games, all of which have been played uh, in St. Louis. So not a lot of players get to 500 career games. Not a lot of players get to 500 games uh, with one organization. And uh, that's what Pareko is doing today. Great number. Um, you know, he's been a very good player for us. Um, you know, kind of all-around guy that does everything, you know, in my opinion. I think he, you know, we use him as a shutdown D, penalty kill, but, at, you know, there was times where he was he was running a power play too. So very capable of doing everything, a very good player, and uh, it's a, that's a good feat, 500 games, a lot of games. So this is what we talked about earlier, just this weird scheduling quirk that right now the Blues are the only team that have only played one game, and some teams have played as many as five games. So the Blues will be making that up, and I don't like that. Like If, if you're going to get some extra days off, you'd rather those come midway through the season, certainly late in the season, and the NHL is good. Uh, you've got those built-in breaks uh, during the course of the year. You just don't want those built-in breaks to be uh, right at the uh, beginning of the season. Nobody seems to uh, have an answer on why the schedule was put together in this way, uh, but uh, Barubi made it clear that it is good uh, to finally be playing a game once again. A lot of sitting around, so it... Uh... It's important that we, you know, practice with um, some compete and um, really show that respect and practice to each other because we're not playing games. So, you know, our practice has got to be at a high tempo and high compete level. Have you seen that? Or? I think it's been good. You know, uh, yesterday's practice before we left was pretty good. Any reason for that schedule? Did you ever ask? Or there's always quirky schedules. I don't know. I, uh, no, I don't know how it all works, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't know who to ask.
Yeah, so he doesn't know either. It's the it is the mystery that uh, that goes along with NHL scheduling. The other big storyline for this team tonight is the opportunity to play against Jaden Schwartz. And Schwartz was injured a lot last season, so the Blues did not get the opportunity to uh, play against him uh, as he was making his uh, Seattle debut. And uh, Baruby did comment on uh, playing against Schwartz. It's too bad he was hurt. Hurt. Um, yeah, we you know we love Schwartz. He uh, obviously he was a real good player for us for a long time here, and um, great teammate, very well liked by everybody. Um, so I'm glad he's back and healthy and, and playing again. Speaking of everybody liking him, uh, Robert Bortuzzo, a former teammate of Schwartz and uh, good friends with him, uh, he spoke with the media today, and uh, he went on for a good amount of time just kind of talking about uh, Schwartz, their friendship. Uh, A number of Blues players uh, went out with Schwartz last night uh, in Seattle, and uh, this was Bortuzzo earlier today kind of going through the dynamic of playing against him and just how that uh, friendship has continued on. Great to see him. You know, he was a huge part of this organization for a long time. He's a best friend to a lot of us. So uh, a lot of laughs, classic shorts. He just uh, always cracking us up. And uh, it's great to see him. We never got to really see that side of him, but apparently he's, he's a pretty funny dude, right? He's right up there. Uh, you know, he's uh, intentionally or unintentionally, he can, he can zing you both ways. So he always had the locker room uh, feeling light, always a good time, just a... Just, uh, the awesome guy to be around in general so uh, be fun to get a chance to finally be out there with him uh i'm sure we'll crack a few laughs out there together but uh yeah just just great to see him i remember how he used to come up and like in warm-ups he'd come up and like pretend like he was checking one of you guys you think maybe he'll do that tonight even though he's with the other team just he might can yeah that's a long way to go um we'll see you know that was a classic move of his uh i doubt he's coming down to our end though uh, does he pay? Is that how that works? Since he, he's he, he did pay. Um, you know, he, I'm sure he fully expects someone to pick it up in St. Louis, as as someone someone will. So, you know, it was in a, it took us to a nice Italian joint. Um, food was awesome. Again, yeah, picked up the tab. He uh, he told the Seattle writers that it was about eighty of you guys. So this was a pretty good group, of you guys. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, good group. You know, he was here for a long time and made a lot of good, close, personal friends. So, um, yeah, I think it was eight of us and had a great time, good dinner. Yeah, yeah he uh, uh, he had a hell of a playoff for you guys in 19, as you, you recall. He didn't he didn't have a fancy goal against San Jose, but like you did, but he did have a hat trick. Yeah, he did have a hat trick. Uh, like I said, he's just been an integral part of this organization and, and building the culture around here for a long time. He was part of those those groups that were building something here for a long time. And, um, he was a huge part of that and a huge part of our run. And, um, you know, I'm sure the fans in St. Louis will really appreciate what he, he brought to this team and organization. It's hard for you guys, just about everywhere you go, it seems like there's an ex-Stanley Cup of blue, you know? You guys, they're all over the league, right? Yeah. You know, you you do accomplish something like that, you're gonna have uh, bonds for life. So, um, you know, and friends for life. So, yeah, they're kind of scattered all over the league now. Um, still a little core of us here, but um, yeah, anytime you get to see a familiar face on the road, we'll we'll take the opportunity. That was Robert Bortuzzo speaking uh, earlier today. I think all those questions were asked by uh, Jim Thomas of uh, the Post Dispatch. So, 
a, uh, a shout out to uh, to Jim Thomas for asking those uh, questions in Seattle earlier today. But uh, Jaden Schwartz was a really, really big part of the Blues, and I think um, he was. When you think about the players who have left the organization, really since the Stanley Cup victory, when you think about the players who have left the organization, Schwartz is is right there. Like if you had to choose one player that has been with the team that is not with the team anymore, who would that be? And I think a lot of people would um, go with Jaden Schwartz. Obviously, uh, we saw David Perron leave the organization. He's the guy that uh, a lot of people are going to point to this season, depending if things don't go well this year, a lot of people, whether it's fair or not, a lot of people are going to uh, point to uh, David Perron yeah, there, there, there's obviously other players that have uh, left the organization uh, as well. But there's that's what happens. You win a Stanley Cup, and you got it's hard to keep everybody in place. And Stanley Cup winners all of a sudden are that much more valuable to other organizations, especially you think about a team like Seattle, a, 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 you know, an expansion franchise. And I almost felt bad for Seattle coming in because. They were the first expansion franchise to come in after Vegas. And Vegas in their first year did what you're not supposed to do as a as a expansion franchise and they just had so much success and yeah you know, they obviously did a really good job in the expansion draft. Being in Vegas also is going to be helpful because you're going to draw some some players because that's going to be a place that you want to play, A, because it's Las Vegas, and B, just from a fan support standpoint, uh, it's, I mean, it's a really good place to play. Now, that that is that can be a double-edged sword. Like, as, as great as Vegas can be, Vegas can also be filled, filled with distractions, so if things do start to go poorly or if you've got a bad mix in the room, all of a sudden it's really easy to have some late nights. It's really easy to go do some things that you probably shouldn't be doing. So as long as you've got a good veteran group in there, as long as you're competitive, as long as you've got a coach that's holding players accountable, it's a good place. I think sometimes we we overlook things. Like what it, Not to bring everything back to baseball, but let's bring this back to baseball for a second. There is no reason. Like, There's a handful of teams in baseball that don't have a ton of success, and there is no reason that they shouldn't have a ton of success. I talk about the Cubs a lot on that because the Cubs have all the money in the world, yet their ownership has isn't really committed to putting together a winner. Another team that's got some things going for them that they don't take advantage of is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Why? Because so many Major League Baseball players live in the Phoenix area. And for them not to be able to utilize that and take advantage of the fact that there's going to be a lot of players who would love to just stay home and play for the Diamondbacks, for whatever reason, they're not successful. I guess to a lesser extent, we could say that about some teams in in Florida, some teams in Texas. But it's Arizona's the spot. Arizona is the place. Phoenix is the place where you see a ton of major league. Base. If you know, I, I guess the the places I think of are uh, Phoenix, probably Southern California, parts of Texas, parts of Florida. 
to be where a lot of baseball players live. And probably Nashville as well. That's probably the other one. A lot of Major League Baseball players live in Nashville. And if Nashville ever gets a Major League Baseball franchise, they they I think they would, again, be set up to have a whole lot of success there. That city supports their sports. Uh, the Tennessee Titans just announced that they're going to be building a new stadium. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago that uh, Nissan Stadium uh, was built, but the Titans are going to get a new $2.2 billion domed stadium, uh, and the Titans as a team are only going to be accounting for like 800 only 800 but only $800 million. So other places, other people are going to be accounting for more than half of that uh, of that stadium that's going to get built they they support their teams in Nashville. So it's some I got to think at some point in time you're going to see Major League Baseball in in Nashville and it's going to be successful. We've heard from Rob Manfred kind of over and over that they want to expand in baseball, that they want to expand two more teams, uh but they want to get the stadium situations worked out in Oakland and in Tampa first. Oakland is still going through the thing where We'll see if they build them a new stadium in the in the Bay Area. If they don't, they could end up in Las Vegas very easily. And then who knows what's going to happen in Tampa. The owners of the Rays wanted to do a thing where they split the season between uh, Tampa and Montreal, which seemed like the the players were never going to go for that. And fin- I think baseball finally learned that, okay, players are not going to go for the idea of playing half the season in one city, and then everybody's got to pick up their lives, pick up their families, get a second place to live, and, and move there. Like That was never going to happen, but they got to get that Oakland uh, Stadium situation figured out, and they got to get the Tampa situation figured out. And then after that, you're going to be looking at two more teams coming in to Major League Baseball. And there's going to be a lot of cities who I think can. That's that's the bummer for an Oakland, and that's the bummer for a Tampa. Those those cities are not supporting those teams. Now, the question with Oakland is, are they not supporting that team because of how bad the stadium is, or are they not supporting that team uh, just because that community is not going to uh, support baseball? That's probably an a an- question that we're not going to get an answer to until a new stadium is potentially uh, built there, or they're going to move to Vegas. And we talked about this just a moment ago with the Golden Knights. Las Vegas is going to support anything that goes in there. They're supporting the Raiders. They're supporting the Golden Knights. If Major League Baseball goes into Las Vegas, they'll support it. When the NBA goes into Las Vegas, uh, that's going to get supported as well. It's just everything gets supported in Las Vegas. That's a big market to be able to go into. But then the other markets out there that, especially when you compare to an Oakland and a Tampa, the cities in the United States that you feel like would already do a better job supporting teams than what we're seeing in Oakland, what we're seeing in Tampa. San Antonio would do a better job. Portland uh, would do a better job. I mentioned Nashville, not in the United States, but Montreal clearly is a place that would uh, would support baseball as well, especially uh, if they have a new stadium. That was part of the issue with the Expos initially leaving. So there's there's a lot of places that are going to support baseball. They just got to get that Oakland and Tampa situation figured out. And once they do, we're going to see expansion and we're going to see uh, a couple cities. And that also, that's got a, that's got a pretty big truck trickle-down effect because when you add two baseball teams, well, then thinking about 
all the minor league teams you're adding and everything else that you're doing. So uh, there's a lot of infrastructure that goes along with baseball, more so with baseball than any other sport. But I would guess, I would think we're less than 10 years away from there being a couple more baseball teams out there. You still probably want to completely get out of the pandemic, but that's the other part of this is there's going to be an expansion fee that goes along with the teams come coming in, and that's like hundreds of millions of dollars, and then that money gets dispersed across the other owners. So there are still owners in baseball that are still kind of I don't want to use the term reeling because I don't think they lost that much money in the pandemic. They they lost money, but they were still they were still profitable. But there are still owners out there that are crying poor because of the pandemic. And at some point in time, they may want to try to make up for that with the uh, expansion teams coming in and the money that goes along with that. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also uh, tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Got a uh, wacky story involving a wrestler, not a pro wrestler, but an amateur wrestler. We'll tell you that story as we wrap things up next. It's Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Wrapping up this edition of Sports Open Line, we've got you for uh, just a few more minutes. At Your Service comes up at 8 o'clock this evening here on uh, KMOX. So uh, here's an interesting story before we uh, call it a day. I was a, uh, I was a high school wrestler. I, wasn't a very, I, was a bad, I was a bad high school athlete. I told a story a couple weeks ago about how bad of a high school football player I was. I was also, I was just overall a bad high school athlete. Uh, but I appreciated my time as a high school wrestler. A college wrestler, I read from ESPN.com, a college wrestler from a small Wyoming school helped his teammates survive a grizzly bear mauling over the weekend by trying to wrestle the massive bear off of his friend, eventually drawing a more brutal attack to himself. Uh, The men are crediting their bonds as wrestling teammates at Northwest College in Cody, Wyoming, with helping them survive the attack Saturday night southeast of Yellowstone National Park. Brady Lowry of Cedar City, Utah, suffered a broken arm and puncture wounds in the initial attack after they surprised the bear while searching for um, antlers shed by elk and deer in this national forest. His teammate, Kendall Cummings of Evanston, Wyoming, tried to stop the attack on Lowry by yelling, kicking, and hitting the bear, and then pulling on its fur, which I can't think pulling the fur does a whole lot, but I don't know. Uh, Cummings told a newspaper in uh, Utah, quote, I didn't want to lose my friend. It was bad. There was a big old bear on top of him. I could have run and potentially lost a friend or get him off and save him. The bear quickly turned its fury onto Cummings, he says to ABC News. It knocked me onto the ground and then with its head pushed me on the ground all the way up against trees and then kind of pinned me up there and it was attacking me. I was putting my hands in its mouth and stuff so it wouldn't be chewing on my neck and everything. Cummings said the bear eventually walked away uh, but was gone only briefly. 
the bear came back uh, a second time, attacked him again, and eventually the bear did indeed stop the attack. Two other teammates were there, and they were able to uh, help the two individuals off the mountain. Uh, Both ended up at the hospital. Cummings underwent surgery, so he was in a tough spot. So I bring in sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. Matt, think about your best friend in the world, whoever it is. doesn't have to be me. It's not, don't worry. Okay. You You are in a national forest with said best friend. And they are attacked by a grizzly bear. Are you going to go kick the bear, pull its fur, yell at it in an attempt to save the life of your best friend? In an attempt to save Brad Young, I think I would. I think I would try to step in, poke the bear, punch poke the bear. Poke the bear, poke the bear. Well, yeah, maybe we'll poke the bear. But, you know, if, if it's a good friend, you got to do something. I mean, if, I don't think I could live with myself if I knew I could have done something and didn't. And then my friend died. The aforementioned Brad Young here. Well, I, I've got a question. Did the, is there any in this news report, is there any indication that the wrestler did like a pile driver, a backbreaker, you know, jumping from the ropes, using a chair? I mean, in every professional wrestling match, there's always like a chair that comes out of the audience. Any any evidence of using a chair? No chairs. No uh, chairs. No uh, you know crooked referees no. That, that are there. Nobody's running in from the back. Because I'm imagining like Randy Macho Man Savage coming in against this bear and and just you know basically flexing and growling. Uh, but no, no evidence of that. None, not none that we can okay. see. Where right. were these other teammates though? Because all the teammates are there to help them off the mountain. Where were, there's only one guy who's held like if it's going to be a tough. If it's a one, if 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 it's two person situation, like that's tough. You know, the grizzly bears attacking your friend. If you just got one other person, it does like they're they're both lucky to be alive at this point. Like in most situations. Death is occurring to probably both individuals, but if there's two other wrestlers, like if I've got if I've got two from more friends with me, and we can go three on one on the bear to help save the life of my friend, I feel better on that one. And, and then you've got the opportunity, like tag a hand of your friend, <laughs> and then he comes into the ring, puts the bear's head between his legs, jumps up in the air, and then crashes down on the mat with the bear's head under his rear end. I mean, I would pay money to see that. A lot of people do every every Monday night at your yeah, local but, arena. You know, yeah, but we know that's fake. But this is with a bear. This is I the mean, grizzly bear. I, I mean, that I would pay a lot of money to see that. But I got to tell you, though, the thing that comes to mind is is the old joke that says, "I don't have to outrun the bear; I just have to outrun you." That is true. That is true. This happened in with two Wyoming like people in Wyoming are tough. Oh, Those yeah. are tough people in oh, Wyoming. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to Wyoming. There's oh, no, I have. There's nothing there. Oh, I know. They could go after the bear with a toothbrush yeah, and prevail. I, I used to broadcast Mountain West basketball, so I was in Laramie, Wyoming Ooh. all the time. I hated Laramie, Wyoming. There's nothing there. There's nothing to do. I don't except bears. Apparently, they tend to be successful in sports. The University of Wyoming generally has a pretty good football team. Generally has a pretty good basketball team. I don't know how you draw anybody to that place. If I'm a if I'm an 18 year old and I go on a recruiting visit to Laramie, Wyoming, no thank you, no thank you. All right, uh, Brad's got you for at your service. Maybe he'll talk more about grizzly bear attacks. I don't know what he's got going on. I got 10 seconds left in the show, so I don't have time to ask him. This has been Sports Open Line. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 6 o'clock, right here on KMOX.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.